When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm solid to the crack, never change me and my son the rain. It gets wet when we hang. I'm solid, could touch the blue part of the flame, the blue part of the flame. And nothing else. I just wanna roll with those in the Welcome Sportsfire. The sports comedy podcast that gelled under first-year coach Ime Udoka. Now it's just gel. I'm your host, Adam Weinerman. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whispering in Jimmy Butler's ear, begging him to drive, and texting Jason Tatum back from Kobe's number, asking if I can have the armband back. Big show today. The creators of Prime Video's animated comedy Fairfax are here to get you ready for season two. But first, let's take a quick trip through the headlines. The Boston Celtics will meet the Golden State Warriors in this year's NBA Finals per Draymond Green's request. The Dubs won a home game five over the Mavericks while the Celts survived a late heat charge because Jimmy Butler's three clanged off the rim and because Max Struess' three was removed from the final score for some reason. You know, a lot of people used to say Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum couldn't play together and now I think we can officially say Tatum is much better and could probably do it alone. The Heat, in the end, didn't have a strong enough cast of characters behind Jimmy Butler. Either that or Dwayne Wade's motivational text before Game 7 wasn't his best work. Go put the city on your back? Eh, very derivative. A sequel lacking in substance. Hey, remember Tyler Hero? The Warriors will open the series as favorites, but if the Celtics bother Draymond as much as he claims they do, they might have a nut puncher's chance. The New York Rangers won Game 7 on the road in Carolina after the Hurricanes blocked all ticket sales to fans in New York. Couldn't block all goals, though. Seems more important. Rangers fans were awfully loud during that Game 7 on the road, or maybe that was the angry Carolina fans learning Lee Greenwood canceled his concert at the NRA convention. Meanwhile, in the Western Conference Finals, it's Nathan McKinnon versus Connor McDavid. And the last time I saw that matchup, someone's head got shoved through a Guinness mirror on St. Paddy's. Giants manager Gabe Kapler has opted out of taking the field for the national anthem as a protest following the Uvalde shooting, and considering this is the first time you've heard about it, it's clear Gabe Kapler is white. The Detroit Tigers have called up Roger Clemens' youngest son, Cody, that's Cody with a K, named after what Clemens keeps doing in the Hall of Fame balloting process. Manager Joe Girardi of the Phillies is reportedly not worried about his job during the team's recent swoon, and maybe that's the problem? Girardi is also reportedly not thinking about his job, quote, has no ideas, and is, quote, not considering thoughts. The Tennessee Volunteers have earned the number one seed in college baseball's NCAA tournament. The other 63 teams in the tourney, also volunteers. Meanwhile, the last guy on every college basketball bench is making that Fiji water money now. Colin Kaepernick's workout with the Raiders reportedly went well, but no deal is imminent. The Raiders are reportedly planning to sign Gabe Kapler, though. If this opportunity doesn't work out, it'll probably be because the Raiders typically shy away from distractions. Their 2020 first-round pick recently killed someone. 
and Giants outfielder Jock Peterson got slapped in the face by Tommy Pham of the Reds over a fantasy football dispute. Then everyone else slapped the Reds in reality baseball. The genesis of this argument is actually crazy. See, Peterson asked for a snake draft, while Pham preferred to slap him in the head. The worst part is even after the smack, you know Pham's going to be right back in Peterson's inbox week one, trying to lowball him for Saquon Barkley. And now a little roundtable with the creators of the Amazon original Fairfax, Matthew Hosfader, Aaron Buxbaum, and Teddy Riley, where I also reveal an embarrassing fact about myself, in addition to talking LA sports, cameos, and Dodger Stadium traffic. Season 2 drops on June 10th. Awesome. Uh, great to have you guys. I won't keep you too long and I'll, I'll talk the right amount of sports. So let me know if I, if I hit the wrong button or nerve. Oh, dude, what do you, listen, tell me where you want to start. You want to, Alan Robinson's at training camp. He's impressing Sean McVay. <laughs> Najee Harris just weighed in at 244. There's some concerns about his weight. What are we thinking? Are you worried about Najee's weight specifically? I, I wasn't. Look, he came out and said that he's, act, he's always been 240. So I wasn't concerned, but, you know, I got, I got concerns generally about the Steelers' uh, O-line. And, I, you know, Najee did some great things last year, but I'm not sure about this year. I have a feeling it might be different. Like, if I'm going to get my ass handed to me every week, I better put on 15 pounds and, like, absorb these hits a little better. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a great point. What are uh, what are all of your personal fandoms? Obviously, Aaron, you're Pittsburgh or Steelers only. No, I'm not actually. I'm Aaron is a huge Steelers guy. Like born yeah, big, big no, Steelers are huge trash. Steelers. No, I think we're we're all big football guys. We talk, we play a lot of fantasy football, so we we love talking football. We uh, we're we're all from LA, so you know, hence Fairfax, the show. So obviously Dodgers, Lakers, and Rams are... I don't uh, care about any of that. I just like music. Teddy and I are music nerds. They like football. I play fantasy, but like in terms of fandoms, like I think Teddy and I would probably say we're music dorks. Aaron is just like an encyclopedia of, of every sport. Um, <laughs> I Teddy is too. I don't know. Teddy is... I think yeah, I, I, I love... I, we do love... Uh, we do love talking sports. I'm right in the... Probably in the middle of these guys, but yeah, I... I uh, I'm huge Dodgers Lakers. Um, you know, I grew up as a true, kid in LA true, true. rooting for the Raiders, but then when they left, I my heart didn't follow. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of agnostic in the football world. If you guys are fantasy football guys, I'm sure you're up on the Jock Peterson Tommy Pham smack sure. in the face that, that happened yeah. this week. Um, have you ever had something in your fantasy league escalate to anywhere near that level, or is that unfamiliar territory? Yeah, House, tell them about uh, Mikey and Jonathan's DJ Chark trade. <laughs> we had under a, you know, the table. We had a we had a scenario where my brother is the commissioner of the league, and his best friend, who's also in the league, made a deal for DJ Chark. And you know how you can say like, "Do you approve this trade?" Yes or no. My brother went around like Frank Underwood whipping votes because he accidentally said you could have <laughs> DJ Chark, and he was trying to like buy back the trade, and he got enough people to fucking interfere with the trade. And it set off it like turned a, into a full Watergate scandal on the group chat. I yeah. also think I also think the Jock like Jock Peterson is fully in the right. Like it's crazy that we're even having a conversation about this, and there's a debate here. And then now Mike Trout's involved. It's like, dude, if if the league lets you stash players, by all means, why like get stashing? Yeah. Like the fact that he wasn't stashing is silly. 
Yeah, also, I also hated his commissioner, which, you know, we said the other day, you just rule number one, you don't bash your commissioner in public, you do it on the chain with with your friends. That's it. Yeah, you read, I mean, all the replies to the tweets were people being like, I relate to this, like, I got called out for, do like, somebody took every QB in my fantasy final matchup, and it's like, yeah, that's what you yes. do in this game. Like, yeah, that's playing the game. Yeah, every single comment was something where I was just like, and, you know, your yeah, issue is, sure. is what? Um, Anybody shocked is just unprepared for the gamesmanship of fantasy football. Would you ever can like would the DJ Chark thing ever escalate to physical violence? Do you think in your league or or was did that? Sort we're of a bunch up? of friendly Jews. Physical violence is in our back. We're better with our words. Yeah, we'll, I've never we'll hit a person in my it. life, but just wanted to ask. That's right. We don't get in fights. We'll just publicly shame you for the next twenty years. Yeah, this goes. This we'll goes. Never, we'll never let it down. Like you won't be able to go to a wedding without everybody kind of bringing it up. That's yeah. how we. That's how we enact our revenge. Have you ever considered? considered any LA athlete cameos on the show obviously season two is pretty power packed with cameos I saw the little Magic Johnson Larry Bird ref in there uh in episode yeah. two but have you ever thought about piling in some sports references they they seem there there's some guys in your city who seem like they would fit on the show Russell Westbrook coming to mind quickly <laughs> he really does I mean the the NBA guys especially are like such huge fashion guys that uh it really does make too much sense to have some some NBA guys on there. Um, I was also going to say probably just that. some athletes with like really funny voices that would be great to have that like you wouldn't you wouldn't think, but maybe they just sound great. I think I think Sean McVay is borderline celebrity now, and if he keeps this up over the next few years, he will absolutely be worthy of uh, a cameo in Fairfax. The list of guest stars obviously goes very deep this year. Uh, I wanted to focus on Guy Fieri, who joins the show. Um, yeah, no, Pronounce his name right, by the way. Good job. I did, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he sent me an apple pie hot dog last summer to eat before uh, the White Sox-Yankees Field of Dreams game. So wow. I've been very careful with, with the, you know, the Fieri mentions. Um, Were you at that game? No, I wish I'd been at that game. I sat at yeah, home and I made the hot dog myself. Oh well, wow. that's still a, that's still a very American evening. Yeah, it was what it was. What it was, I can't argue with it. But how how was that session? I mean, did he did he bring his trademark flair, or was it sort of all business when you get him in the booth? He was no, awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, we're all we couldn't help ourselves. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't help ourselves. Like he to us is truly. Aaron said it before. Like he is Tom Brady. He is the Rock. He is uh, Mickey Mouse. He's the goat. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just the goat. No other way to say it. He's the best. He is everything you think he is. It, it's the the kindness and just like buzzing personality that you see on TV. It carries over into real life. He was fantastic to work with. He's a natural. He's a natural in these shows. It's like the guy should you know the guy should stick with animation. He's a he's a hell of an actor. He spent he the majority of his career, yeah, transforming his face into sort of an animated, like he's an animated human guy. So that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, look, if he doesn't run for president, he should consider acting. <laughs> <laughs> he totally gets it, man. He's so funny. And we've had the real pleasure of working with so many uh, people that we love who are just really 
to totally get the joke of the show. They get why they're on the show and um, they love playing in the world. And Guy was just like really so gracious with his time and, and throwing jokes out and stuff. Like we probably recorded 10 to 30 minutes worth of stuff where we were like, can we put this in? Can we put this in? It was just like, unfortunately we kept it short and sweet, but uh, there were so many good extras on the cutting room floor. He was hilarious. I am a huge Tim Simons fan too. I wanted to shout him out. Uh, yeah. What was it like working with oh. him? Uh, it, just as good. I mean, like, <laughs> another, another joy off. Uh, Brian is someone that you meet at the very end of season one for people listening and going, who's Tim Simons. Uh, he kind of starts season two and, and will be kind of the big villain of season two. And he's just so funny. He plays, you know, specifically kind of this dickhead villain character, just like perfectly, like, just like cursive, you know, it's like really elegant cursive. He just like walks into a booth and, uh, gives it, gives it his all. And, and he's yeah. so funny. He's so good at villain and he couldn't be a nicer human being. It's such a funny juxtaposition. <laughs> exactly. also, this season he plays opposite. So we gave him Brian, the character Brian has a sister named Brianna twin sister. And that's played by Edie Patterson and she of righteous gemstones fame. And she's just like, so incredible in this show and it's one of those things where we record everyone separately and we were talking to tim once and i'm like dude you don't know this but you have incredible chemistry with edie patterson <laughs> you've never you probably never met her before but like on the show opposite each other when we put your we put your clips together it is so good it's crazy i also went right from watching him in candy on hulu where he's basically yeah. like the yeah, yeah, like the really sad, sad husband. Too. He's so good, but I went right from that into season two, and I was like, oh, boy. Like, so glad to see him, but also, like, what a weird little pairing. Yeah. Uh -huh. man. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, obviously, a, a lot of the work that you guys do does involve cringeworthy social media posts um, and sort of, you know, I, that is something that inspires me as well. I like to take note of them when I see them in the wild especially episode two of, of season two, I would say. Do you guys have any particularly bad examples of real world, terrible social posts you've seen that sort of inspired either that plot line or, or any other? Guys, anything? Yeah, I mean, the season two was, I believe it was a combination of like Kobe, Nipsey Hussle, mm -hmm. Prince, and Bowie all around the same couple years where after a big celebrity died, people would just rush to social media to be like, this one time I met him and he was so nice to me. And like, this is, it, it, they were just so like, we all just, the three of us would just cringe reading some of these stories. And we've also been guilty of it too, but it, it's this weird tendency to kind of contextualize it through yourself uh, when this big celebrity that you didn't know or probably didn't even know that well passes away to it's us, all, it's especially. Yeah, it, it's, I was just going to add that it's like, it, we call it performative grief. And it's really just like these people, it, it, you almost post out of fear of the shame of not posting, you know? Like if you didn't post about, lose, if you're from Los Angeles and you didn't post about Kobe, did you really mourn Kobe's death? Did you really live in Los Angeles and like obviously we all posted because we really did mourn it but there is a performative 
aspect of it where you feel obligated to post these things rather than just posting them because they actually mean something to you, you know? If you're going to yeah. cry and then your next move is to turn the camera on, you're performing. You're no longer, you're no longer crying. Right. I had an all-time Bowie post myself that is famous in my friend group because I was up because I was out of work. And so I rushed to it. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to crush. First of all, this is going to crush. People are gonna, people yeah. might find out about this for me. Yeah. And it ended, it was like a little couplet. And it ended with, my mouth is chalk, my eyes are gas. <laughs> and we, we turned that into a sketch we did. And then yeah. on my bachelor party, two weeks ago, they turned it into a minor league baseball team, the, the chalk yeah. mouths. Wow. wow. <laughs> so there that you is go. such a good gift. That yeah. is amazing. <laughs> You have some thoughtful friends. Very thoughtful. And they're going to be really happy that I dropped that. Um, I will let you guys go. I'm going to end on this. I am going to Los Angeles, not very familiar with the territory, for the All-Star Game in a month and a half at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. How do I plan that day? Like, what are the bars I have to go to beforehand? What's the food I need? What do I do? Dude, I'm wearing it right now. You got to hit Philippe's. Right, very close to Dodger Stadium, one of the best French dips you'll ever have. Hit Philippe's and you're good to go. It's been there for like a hundred years. They still charge uh, the same amount for coffee that they charge when they opened, which is like five cents. It's an iconic, it's not Fairfax, but it's an iconic LA uh, dip. And uh, I mean, what, what time does the game start? How much time do you have? I think it's like a four something. I, I'm gonna make. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna make the day of it. Well, you gotta leave There's it. Some great tacos and East LA. What yeah. was that, Aaron? I said you gotta leave at noon to get there on time. It's true. <laughs> yeah, so, give yeah. yourself a while. There's there's really bomb um, Mexican food called Sonora Town, which is downtown, which we always get. And rumor has it that they go and get the flour from Tijuana, like on the daily, almost or every other day, because it's it, they just like. There's not a tortilla like this in the city. So they'll be by you if you're going to Dodger Stadium. That's Sonora Town. And then there's this place called Moose Craft Barbecue that everyone's been talking about. Uh, also downtown. I'm sure you've seen it on Instagram. But I, we haven't had it yet, so I can't vouch, but it looks delicious. Thank you. I, I mean, that couldn't have been more thorough. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. Thank and you. I can't wait to watch the rest of season two. Later, Adam. Thanks, thank man. The creators of Fairfax, everyone, minus Guy Fieri, was not in attendance. Check out the all-new season streaming June 10th on Prime Video. And now, my final flame. This year's NBA Finals represents the ultimate match of green versus blue. But some of the individual player matchups are also rather breathtaking. How will Steph Curry, the ultimate flamethrower, contend with Marcus Smart's defense, the ultimate water gun? Will Klay Thompson continue his path to recovery, or will the much younger Jason Tatum dominate the wing? And there's someone on the Warriors roster named Quindary Witherspoon. Who the hell is that? But one important battle will be decided off the court. Both Bostonian scumbags and San Francisco tech bros are absolutely insufferable. But which form of humanity is more distressing? This nearly impossible question may actually have a quantifiable answer, especially if this series goes six or seven games. On one side, you've got sports' most repetitive winners, elites wearing sheep's clothing while still trying to pretend the entire world is out to get them, Matt Damon types. On the other, you've got 
bespectacled crypto scammers who'll sacrifice production costs for human rights violations while begging you to purchase their self-financed invisible coin. You know, Matt Damon types. So what's worse? Phony bros who earnestly want you to believe they're a part of the oppressed lower class while sitting in their CEO dad's $2,000 seats, or pretentious entrepreneurs who just keep accidentally inventing digital pens while actually oppressing that lower class. Oh god. I just realized this series might teach both sides to work together in harmony, creating some sort of tech con man with an underdog spirit. A kind of middle ground Matt Damon. Like, if he invented an alternative to Tylenol right after shooting Talented Mr. Ripley, but before it came out. This is worse than I thought. Phoenix, Miami, start your cars. Now. Get to the arena on Thursday night and don't let any of these people in. Pack the place with your sunburned asses and hair goop and start screaming. This could be the end of the world crisis Adam McKay was warning us about. And Siri, get me Jeff Bezos. I think I just cracked the code on Super Tylenol. My thanks to the creators of Fairfax. See you next Thursday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.